In our house, we watch and we play a lot of basketball. And there is nothing like that moment when a player gets the ball in transition, goes up and is ready for the layup and then misses, doesn't finish. It's such a frustrating moment. And you hear the coaches say, you got to finish. You hear the players say it. Um, but when we think about the story of Joshua and the people of Israel, they had been given the layup. They had gone into Jericho. They had circled it six times after the wall came down. They were able to go in and destroy everything just as God had told them to. But when it came time to look at the score, they didn't finish one thing. And that's what we're going to look at today as we talk about the importance of completing the task as we conquer our Jericho. And we're going to look at how Achan's sin allowed the people of Israel to have to step back and make sure that they did finish before they could proceed. So before we look at the layup, let's go ahead and pray. Lord, we're so grateful for you today, and we're grateful for the chance to think about the fact that you give us tasks, you give us the opportunity to conquer our Jericho, but when you give us the plans, we've got to complete them. And so God, help us to look at some of the consequences of not completing the task, but let us also focus on the way that you and your grace restore us and give us the ability to follow through on those things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I can't imagine the confidence that the people of Israel had coming out of the Jericho experience. They had followed the Lord's instructions through Joshua to circle the city six times. On the seventh time that they circled, they gave out that shout and the walls of Jericho came down. And God had been very specific about his instruction to them, go into Jericho and destroy everything. And so with the exception of Rahab and her family, they did that. And so as the people of Israel left Jericho, I'm sure they had a very different kind of surety about the way that God would take care of them as they went out and dealt with the other cities that were a part of the promised land that they were to overtake. So it was really an interesting kind of next step when they looked at a city to go after called Ai. Joshua did the same thing that he did for Jericho. He sent some spies into Ai. They came back and go, hey, this is a layup. This is going to be easy for us to be able to deal with this. And so um, we don't even need to send the full army in. We can send a smaller group in and we'll be able to conquer Ai. And so the Israelites did go into Ai and they were crushed. In fact, it says in Joshua 7 that they came out of it and 36 of them were killed as they went up to root the men of Ai. And so the question was, they had a layup. They had the ability to go in and should have been able to deal with Ai, but they didn't. Why? Well, what we learn in Joshua 7 and 8 is the reason that Israel found destruction in Ai was because they hadn't completed the task when they were in Jericho. In fact, Achan, one of the men of Israel, didn't follow through on God's specific instruction to destroy everything. In fact, what he had done is he had taken some items out of Jericho and buried them under his tent. And it was because of that failure to complete the task that the Israelites suffered destruction. And so what I want to do first is I want to think about this fact that when we have the opportunity to complete the task that God gives us, his specific tasks in our lives, and we start to do the work, we start to feel the blessing of what he is allowing us to do, and then we get distracted, or we don't follow through, or we don't complete the task. There are consequences to that. And we're going to look at three of those specific consequences. But before we do that, 
I don't know if you're like me, but I find myself often um, being easily swayed from completing the tasks that God puts in front of me. Sometimes it's the shiny new project or the shiny new thing that would be more interesting to, to work on. Or sometimes it's the fact that, God, I'm 90% of the way there. And is it time for me to move on to that next ministry project or that next thing that you would have me to do with my family? Or God, you know, you've called me to deal with this sin in my life and I've pretty much dealt with it. Every once in a while, it still comes back, but I think I've, um, I've conquered it enough so that I can feel as if I was able to deal with that. That happens to me all the time in my life. And sometimes when I think about the fact that I don't follow through on the way that God has very specifically instructed me to deal with Jericho's in my life, when I think about that, I recognize that there are consequences in my life just like there were consequences to the people of Israel. So let's look at three of those consequences. The first is in the results themselves. So if we go to Joshua 7, verse 3, it says, When they returned to Joshua, they said, Not all the army will have to go up against Ai. These are the spies speaking. Send two or three thousand men to take it and do not weary the whole army, for only a few people live there. So about three thousand went up, but they were rooted by the men of Ai, who killed about thirty-six of them. They chased the Israelites from the city gate as far as the stone quarries and struck them down on the slopes. At this, the hearts of the people melted in fear and became like water. What should have been an easy, successful result turned into a disaster. They were rooted. 36 people were killed. And when I think about the times in my life when I've stopped short of following through on the lessons and on the tasks that God has given me, I start to see that in so many areas, those results might not always be the disaster that it was for them after they came out of AI, but they're lackluster. They're not what God would fully have me to experience. And I can see that whether it be in my business or in my spiritual life or in my family, when I take shortcuts to following through what God would have me to do, I never get to see the full results of what he would do. There always seems to be something that misses out on my ability to see his full blessing. And so I just want to ask you, have there been times in your life where you have stopped short of following through on what God would have you to do and you just see a lackluster result? You don't see the kind of success in your spiritual life or the same kind of success that you would expect to see in a certain project that he would have you to follow through with? Is it because you didn't complete everything that he put in front of you? And then sometimes, is it not just a lackluster result, but do you experience something awful, right? You experience the destruction of a dream, um, the death of something that was important to you because you didn't put your trust in his plan and follow it through wholly. So it wasn't just the results that were devastating. There was another consequence to not completing the task. And that was a consequence of reputation. So if we jump down to verse 7, it says, And Joshua said, Alas, sovereign Lord, why did you ever bring this people across the Jordan to deliver us into the hands of the Amorites to destroy us? If only we had been content to stay on the other side of the Jordan. Pardon your servant, Lord. What can I say now that Israel has been routed by its enemies? The Canaanites and the other people of the country will hear about this, and they will surround us and wipe out our name from the earth. What then will you do for your own great name? You know, as a Christian, 
there is something that always emboldens me in that I am an ambassador of Christ. I am God's ambassador to the world. And when we lack the ability to follow through on the plans he gives us, whether it be we act on temptation or we fall back and don't complete the things that he would have us to do, we run the risk of not only creating a way for our own reputation to be affected, but just like Joshua worried about the situation in AI, we run the risk of sullying God's reputation. I never want to do that. I so want to make sure that as I live for Christ, as I act on his behalf, that I am a standard bearer. And you know, in my own life, I've found that that has been a really good deterrent from sin because I realize that I act and live in his name. But I'm also finding in my life that that becomes such an encouragement that I want people to know that because of God's work in my life, because of his plans, if I follow through on them, he gets the glory for being able to do things in my home, in my business, in my life. And I want him to be able to get that glory. I wouldn't want to do anything that would make people think that he wasn't able to accomplish and to achieve all that he promises for us to do. So think about the fact that when we don't complete the task, it's not only our own reputation that could be affected, but it's the reputation of his church. It's the reputation of God himself that might be sullied if we don't act in a way that honors him and shows that he is able to achieve what he would in our lives. You know, one of the um, things in my life that I always look at that holds me back sometimes from acting on a temptation or holds me back on following through with something that I shouldn't do is that desire that I always um, try to represent God because I call myself a Christian. And when I read about this, when the people of Israel didn't follow through with the complete plan through Achan's sin, um, there was a loss of reputation. Um, Joshua rightly said, what are the people going to say around us when they find out that we were rooted by AI? And so I often think about the fact that when we don't act in a way that follows through with the plans that God would give us, we run the risk of not only suffering personal reputational loss, but we run the risk of people looking at our lives and saying, hey, he was someone who trusted God. He was someone who always talked about what God was doing in his life, and look what he wasn't able to follow through on. And I want to make sure I, I, I do this in a way that doesn't seem legalistic, um, but I think it's important for us to recognize that as Christians, right, we are ambassadors of the cross. We are ambassadors for Christ. And so when we lack the drive or when we lack the willingness to be able to complete the tasks that God gives us, I think we often run the risk of being someone who could sully um, the reputation of what God is doing in our lives and what he's doing in our world. I never want to be someone who brings disgrace to God. And so my challenge to you is don't only use that as the encouragement to follow through on the task, but use it as the encouragement to hold back from the things that would do those, uh, that would bring him disrepute. Hold back from those things that might sully his reputation. Um, because as Christians, we have the ability to bring him glory in what we do, but we have to make sure that we do it in a way that honors him through our lives and through our actions. So we run the risk of results not being what we want them to be. 
We run the risk of having reputations affected when we don't complete God's plan. But the third consequence of not following through are the relational consequences. And so if we go then to um, chapter 7, verse 24, once Joshua had had the opportunity to confront Achan, to realize that what he had taken, it's interesting, right? He took a beautiful robe from Babylonia, 200 shekels of silver, and a bar of gold weighing 50 shekels. So he had taken those objects out of Jericho. He had buried it under his tent. There was sin in the camp that was causing them to be um, held back from being successful at Ai. Once Joshua had identified that that was the problem, there was a consequence to it. And let's look at what the consequence was. It says in verse 24, Then Joshua, together with all Israel, took Achan, son of Zerah, the silver, the robe, the gold bar, his sons and daughters, his cattle, donkeys, and sheep, his tent, and all that he had to the valley of Achor. Joshua said, Why have you brought this trouble on us? The Lord will bring trouble on you today. And then all Israel stoned him, and after they had stoned the rest, they burned them. And over Achan they heaped up a large pile of rocks, which remain to this day. Then the Lord turned from his fierce anger. Therefore that place has been called the Valley of Achor ever since. Achan's family was destroyed by his failure to follow through on God's plans. They were killed. <laughs> they were stoned. They were burned. And I just want to ask you, are there times in your life when you haven't followed through with what God has commanded you to do, what he's put on your heart, that there have been familial or friendship relationships or relationships that you have with people in your business that have been impacted in devastating ways because you haven't followed through on it. Um, obviously, there was complete destruction for the family of Achan. But sometimes it's not just the complete destruction, but it's, again, the death of a relationship. It's the severing of a relationship. It is a lack of trust that results from not following through. And in not completing the task, have there been times where relationships have suffered um, and suffered to a point where they don't even exist anymore? If we don't follow through, if we don't complete the tasks that God gives us in our lives, oh, there could be such a series of ramifications, such a series of consequences. Not only could we find results that really don't speak to what God would have us to experience. Not only are there reputational effects by not completing the task, but there are relationships that just get burned. And so I think it's really important as we think about, again, this notion of conquering the Jerichos in our life, to completing the things that God has put before us as a part of this study, to recognize that there is such blessing if we follow through on what God has told us to do, but there are also consequences if we find ourselves pulling back or if we find ourselves only going half the distance. So I don't want to end the study on that positive note, right? That negative note. What is so great about the story of Joshua is even though the people of Israel had experienced those consequences um, because of Achan's sin and because of his inability to follow through on his plan, what I love about Joshua 8 and what I love for what it means to you and for what it means to me is that we also see in the midst of this tragedy two promises from God that really resonate with me today. And the first is, even when we don't complete the task, He restores us. He gives us the opportunity to go back to those places of failure and act on them. And so Joshua 8 is the whole story of how the people of Israel 
were able to go back to Ai and find the victory that they had desired. So Joshua prayed about this, and after he had been given the plan from God about what to do, he went and he acted. And so let's jump to Joshua 8, verse 1. It says, Then the Lord said to Joshua, Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Take the whole army with you and go up and attack Ai. For I have delivered into your hands the king of Ai, his people, his city, and his land. You shall do to Ai and its king as you did to Jericho and its king, except that you may carry off their plunder and livestock for yourself. Set an ambush behind the city. God led them back to Ai. God led the army of Israel back to the place where it had suffered defeat. And he gave them a new instruction. He said, go out and do it. And because you dealt with the sin in the camp, because you dealt with Achan, I'm going to give you that success. You all, as I think about um, my journey, there have been so many places in my life where I've gotten to that halfway point and I've moved on to something else. I haven't experienced um, what I thought God would do in a certain situation. And I can't tell you how sweet it is sometimes to be able to go back to a relationship or go back to a failure and see God still at work in those situations. And sometimes what I would tell you is in those situations where God has brought us to a place where we've suffered a defeat or where we've suffered a failure, and then he's given us the opportunity to experience new successes or restoration in a relationship or a situation, sometimes the blessing of that situation is so much sweeter. It's so much better than it would have been had we found success there the first time. So I just want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to think about some of the Jerichos that might be in your past. Some of those things where God called you to do something and you started the journey, but you only got halfway or you started the journey and you found defeat. Maybe God as a part of this study is bringing you back into some of those relationships or some of those circumstances where you get to see his hand at work, right? His deliverance in that situation so that you can recognize and experience a blessing that's even sweeter than what it would have been if you had achieved something or you had seen him at work right away, if the layup had been too easy. So we see that restoration um, as they went into AI and they did destroy AI. They came back and they experienced the blessing of being able to destroy AI. And then what I love about it is that when they had experienced it, they didn't go straight on to the next city. But God used the experience they had to re-equip his people. And at the end of chapter 8, we see this wonderful assembly, this wonderful celebration of what God had done. And as you read it, you talk about the, you see the fact that they built a new altar and the people came together and they sacrificed offerings but what I most appreciate about this is when they had the chance for that celebration, it says in verse 34, afterward, Joshua read all the words of the law, the blessings and the curses, just as it is written in the book of the law. There was not a word of all that Moses had commanded that Joshua did not read to the whole assembly of Israel, including the women and children and the foreigners who lived among them. Joshua brought the people together and he got them into the law. He got them into God's word to refresh them, to encourage them, to restore them, and to re-equip them for the journey that lied ahead. 
You know, as you look at the rest of the book of Joshua, it's a series of these battles. It's a series of figuring out how to settle into the promised land. And what is so encouraging to me is that when they started to experience some of those successes, the success of Jericho and the eventual success of being able to defeat Ai, Joshua went back to the word. He went back to the word as a playbook for what the next Jericho would be, for what the next assignment would be. And that would be my hope for you, that as you experience the successes of God's blessing, as you experience defeats, but then go on to feel his restoration and his blessing, that you get back to the word, that you get back to this playbook as a way to re-equip us for the next journey that God has in front of us. One of the things that I really believe is that we never finish attacking these Jerichos. We never finish having a new place where God would have us to go. He wants to walk with us. He wants to take us to those places. And he gives us new assignments. And it goes back to the first week that we spent together. He'll give us a chance to be able to seize the opportunity to really reflect on what that looks like, to get grounded in the word, to saturate ourselves in the word so that we understand how he would have us to move. And then he gives us a chance to stand together, stand together like the assembly of Israel did so that we can hold each other accountable and we can move forward together for the next Jericho. You know, we've circled our Jerichos as a part of this study. We've looked at the ways that God would have us to conquer them. But the next Jericho is waiting. And if we take the principles of completing the task, recognizing what happens when we don't follow through, but we find the peace and the serenity and the real blessing of understanding that no matter what we do, God has a plan to restore us And he has a plan to re-equip us for the next journey. It makes the adventure of following him so complete and such a great joy. So, complete the task, but recognize that the next task is just ahead. All of my fears are